0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring in ethics and compliance assessments, nationally and internationally, and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this five-part podcast series, I'm joined by Don Stern. Don is the Managing Director of Corporate Monitoring and Consulting Services at Affiliated Monitors. Don is a well-known white-collar corporate defense lawyer. He was previously the United States Attorney for the District of Massachusetts has been a lecturer at Harvard and has worked at several law firms before coming over to affiliated monitors. In this five part podcast series, we consider the benefits of independent monitoring and proactive assessments for defense attorneys. In episode one, we take a look at how defense attorneys can proactively work with independent monitors. Two, what are the nuts and bolts? How does this thing work? Three, couple of case studies of defense counsel who've engaged a monitor to mitigate internal issues before going to a regulator. Number four, how this works in a medical setting. And in episode five, we conclude by how this works in the nonprofit setting, specifically looking at some issues around Varsity Blues. It's a fascinating series that I know you will enjoy as a compliance specialist. This special five-part series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again. Uh, and today I have with me Don Stern. Don is the Managing Director of Corporate Monitoring and Consulting Services at Affiliated Monitors. We are on uh, the first episode of a five-part exploration on the benefits of independent monitoring in proact- and proactive assessments for defense attorneys, really in a wide variety of areas going to be a, a great series and a lot of insights from someone who has been on both sides of uh, this fence. So, Don, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit
1: with me today. Thanks very much, Tom. Good to be with you.
0: Don, in this first episode, uh, we're going to take up the topic of how can a defense attorney uh, work proactively with an independent monitor? And I was wondering if you just could start off with your observations on that.
1: Sure. You know, Traditionally, defense lawyers, and I have been on, on that side, I've been both a government prosecutor, federal prosecutor, and also a white-collar defense lawyer. I, and I think it's fair to say that traditionally, uh, defense lawyers were very wary about getting compliance professionals engaged and involved in assessing a company's compliance plan in the midst of an investigation while things were active. There are witnesses to be interviewed. The government was, in some cases, was kind of all over things. Uh, That reluctance, for for a lot of good reasons, uh, has gone by the boards, or at least should be. And part of that is that the uh, Department of Justice has made clear that they don't want to see improvements in a company's compliance program uh, wait until the investigation is completed. I think at this point, the worst thing that a defense lawyer can do is to sit back Wait for the investigation to complete either their own internal investigation or the government 's investigation, and then say to the uh, to the government um, either in a self reporting or in another context well now we 're going to fix things. Uh, I think it 's important to get in there as quickly as possible um, and, and we could talk about it during the course of this this five five part series, but you know the uh, the Department of Justice uh, as recently as a, as a couple of months ago has made clear. In a, in a change in policy or at least an articulation of policy by the assistant attorney general in charge of the criminal division, that the uh, improvements in the investments which a company has made in the corporate compliance program uh, is something that they can take a close look at in deciding uh, how to proceed, including whether to have a monitor or not. And they're also interested in what remedial... Steps have been taken, um, so and, and whether they've been tested by third by independent third parties. So you, you just can't sit back, sit on your hands, uh, hope for the best, and then if pushed over the cliff, make changes. You've got to be proactive, assess the, the situation early on, and make those changes yourself.
0: Don, I've done a little bit of this type of work, and one of my observations was that the skill set that I brought as a compliance professional who never practiced, who's never an ex-DOJ, never practiced uh, on the defense side, as you have, are really a a different set of skills than your traditional white-collar defense lawyer. Uh, Would you believe that a fair assessment? And if so, would it lead to you suggesting that a company bring in a, a true independent compliance professional in this monitor role?
1: I think there there's there's bear there some similarities, but I think you make a an excellent point, and uh, and there are some differences. So when I came to affiliated monitors, I've been doing this with with affiliated monitors for almost six years. Uh, I do I did have to make um, some adjustments because you come in as a as a white collar defense lawyer. First of all, you know your 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 goal is to to some extent protect. The company, um, and you're really not interested in kind of getting into the weeds of compliance. You kind of you're getting right to the heart of what, what's the problem, what's the precipitating cause, what's the government going to be looking at. When we come in wearing our compliance hat, it, it's different. We, we're not really interested in pointing fingers and replaying history. Uh, we, we, we do care about what uh, some of the problems are, but it's a much more uh, future oriented assessment, Tom. I mean, we're we're dealing with, you know, what are the controls? How can you prevent problems? Not what necessarily are are your existing problems, although that's part of it. And so the the skill set bears some rough similarities to what a lawyer would do in in, in a similar situation, but it's different enough so that um, having somebody who is well-schooled in compliance programs, well-schooled in controls, uh, is able to kind of bring out from employees at all level, what their concerns are uh, is different enough so that uh, it it helps have somebody who's done it before and and knows what they're doing.
0: So before we uh, have any words about full remediation, I was wondering if there's an interim step that the uh, uh, independent third party monitor can bring along the lines of benchmarking and how would that work uh, with a uh, defense lawyer?
1: Well, I think when you bring in somebody, you know, like affiliated in a situation like that, I think there are, there are a couple of different goals. I mean, there're probably three or four goals that you you have or should have. Um, the first is to is to fix things. So you know, it's a little bit like putting your finger in the dike. If if you if you find out there's a a serious problem, you know, it could be the problem in the branch office in Toledo or in Southern California, or it could be with some rogue employees. You want to fix things. But but the second Goal in my view uh, is to do some benchmarking. Um, how do we how do we um, match up with uh, best in class with best practices? I think that's that's important. Um, and we you know and 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 a company that's been down that road before in a variety of different industries can help you do that. The third goal, and this is I think often overlooked, uh, you send a very important message internally within the company when you bring in a third party independent as opposed to just having your HR department or your your in-house counsel or even outside, regular outside counsel. You send a very powerful message to employees that this is important to us and we care about it and we want to listen to you. And you can tell us things that you might not feel comfortable telling uh, people in-house. And then the fourth goal um, is to... um, tell the government, if I, if I you ultimately self-report or if it's in the context of an ongoing investigation, you're telling the government, you know, we get it. We understand that we have to be better. And we're not going to wait for you to beat us over the head and tell us we have to do it. We care enough about this so that we're going to invest our own resources and our own time into identifying the problem now and trying to fix it. And so um, it's a little bit of a insurance policy. You want to fix the problem, but you also want to send the message uh, not only internally, but outside the company that we kind of get the message and we understand that compliance is important.
0: Don, uh, you uh, touched on this uh, briefly a little bit earlier, but I wanted to uh, maybe expand uh, a little bit. Why is remediation so important in uh, dealing with the government uh, at this point based upon what you've heard from not only the Department of Justice, but the way the new FCPA uh, corporate enforcement policy works?
1: You know, I I often thought, even when I was a federal prosecutor, um, and then I I thought the same thing as a a white collar defense lawyer, that the goals um, overlapped. You know, sometimes you're on different sides of, of, of the bench, so to speak. So you, you know, both sides don't necessarily see that, but there is a shared goal in making corporate uh, culture and corporate compliance better. Uh, I know it doesn't seem this way from the defense point of view, but prosecutors really do want companies to obey the law and to comply. And white collar defense lawyers, you know, uh, really share that interest in having uh, companies, uh obey the law and, and, and be in compliance. What the department of justice has articulated and done is, is exactly that, which is, if you want to sort of keep out of our, our line of sight, or even if you are in our line of sight, if you want a better outcome, um, worry about compliance and, it, and, and we don't want it to just be a paper program. One of the things that I've seen and I'm sure you've seen this too, Tom is that the government has become much, much more sophisticated in assessing compliance programs. It used to be that you can simply present the policies and the procedures and some of the metrics and the government, you know, the prosecutors or the regulators would nod their head and say, well, look, you got a a very good program. Not anymore. They want an assessment, on-the-ground assessment, as to whether it's really working and whether people take it seriously. And the best way to do that, in my view, is having a third-party independent come in and, and do that work.
0: Don, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I've been visiting with Don Stern. I hope you will join us again in our next episode where we look at the nuts and bolts of how this works. Don, uh, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation.
1: Great. Thanks, Tom. Hello,
0: everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode in our five-part exploration of the benefits of independent monitoring and of proactive assessments for defense lawyers. I hope you'll join us again for another episode where I visit with Don Stern. This special five-part podcast series with Don Stern of Affiliated Monitors has been a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. You can learn more about Affiliated Monitors at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com.